Hey everybody, this is a cold opening because uh, this episode was actually recorded a day, this is Steve by the way, this episode was recorded a day prior to the big announcement uh, made by Warner Brothers that Jesse Eisenberg had been cast in the role of Lex Luthor. Now, Jeremy Iron, Jer- uh, let me, I can say that name, Jeremy Irons has also been cast to play the role of Alfred. All this in the next uh, movie, Man of Steel movie, uh, that was Superman versus Batman. Some people, such as Derek, are suggesting it could be a, a covert Justice League movie. Uh, Jeremy Irons, you know, that's okay, great casting, fun casting, good deal. Uh, everyone's kind of harping on the Jesse Eisenberg thing. I can't speak for Derek, but I will quickly speak for myself. Um, I just feel like that all Zack Snyder and company are doing is they're just trying to figure out more and more ways to break the internet. So having said that, cue the music. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, Derek and myself mean to talk about James Bond, but we end up talking a lot about the, the snippets of the episode, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle things that everyone seems to be up in arms about. It's all this and your emails on this, your safe place to geek out. Oh, wait a minute. James Arnold Taylor? Welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is your safe place to geek out. My name's Steve, and along with me, as always, is my uh, podcasting partner for life, all the way from the frozen tundra of Tupelo, Mississippi, Derek Russell. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you can't, you can't, I know you can't throw back to something that's not going to be in the show. If it didn't, if they didn't hear it, it didn't happen. <laughs> Is that how it works? The voice cracks, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they heard it or not, That's it still right. happened. <laughs> That's right. He's quite mad, you know. I went. Far less Bane there and far more Sean Connery. Yeah, that's possible. why that's why I went to the he's quite mad, you know. I was, <laughs> I was they sent one of yours to the hospital, you sent one of theirs to the borg. That's that's, that's the, the Chicago, Chicago way. way. Really? Because you sound like you're from Scotland. I'm Indiana Jones's father. Junior. I'm, I'm Dragon Heart. <laughs> that wasn't his name. <laughs> that's why it's funny. That's I'm, <laughs> I'm Indiana Jones. He wouldn't say I'm Indiana Jones's father. He'd say I'm Henry Jones's father. Oh, that's true. That's true. Junior. Or he actually he would say Henry Jones is my son. That was what he would. say. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a great. I'm Indiana there. Jones of the Last Crusade. I'm. 
I'm finding Mr. Forrester. I'm... <laughs> You're the man now, dog. I'm entrapment. <laughs> How about that? How about that grab, sir? I, w- I would like to pat myself on the back for grabbing Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery in entrapment. Man, I have not seen that movie in years. There's a reason. Yeah, it's not very good. I mean, as I recall, the best part was her training to get through all the lasers and stuff. So, And that's a very male thing to say, but there it is. I'm the rock. I'm the rock. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you, good speed. <laughs> what a great movie that was. The Rock? I love yeah. it. Wasn't that like a Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer joint? I believe it was. Mm. Joint. <laughs> Those two... <laughs> Isn't that the way you say it when you're in the biz? Isn't that how you? If you're if you're as wide as you are, if you... <laughs> I just feel like um, those two should always collaborate. I really want to find more outlet. I love that. I'm dragon hot. Was <laughs> I'm dragon? I want Was... to find more outlandish country. More I'm, out... I'm outland. <laughs> what if that's what he did? What if that was his? I'm Highlander and Highlander too. The renegade. The, quick... the quickening. The quickening. <laughs> The Renegade version. <laughs> the Renegade. I'm Highlander <laughs> 2, the Renegade version. Junior. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> I'm sure his, his film crew... I mean, shall we just go to the IMDb? I'm going to go through the whole just, list, but I'm trying to find... What, there's a really ridiculous Disney movie he was in. That it's got a ridiculous name, but I was he trying was to think He was not in it. a ridiculous Disney movie with a ridiculous Challenge! Challenge. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to the MDB. Because I'm down here in the fort underneath my laptop. Yeah, I sh- oh, you. that's how I should have introduced you. Daggummit, I always forget what I'm going to say. Derek has built a fort, ladies and gentlemen. Not intentionally. I was, re- I was redoing my office. And I turned the desk on its side. Anyway, I'm inside the desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is you've also got a mattress turned up, leaned up on it. Yeah. And it looks no, like... That's it. I'm Davi O'Gill of the Little People. Where is that? That's <laughs> the Disney movie. <laughs> I'm the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm Davi O'Gill of the Little People. Oh, he did the voice for From Russia with Love video game, huh? They didn't have video games when From Russia with well, Love. Well, they came put out. one out in 2005. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Man, when was that? 1960. Gee whiz. It's a tale about a wily Irishman and his battle of wits with leprechauns. And is that a... Uh, I don't see it anywhere on here. Oh, there it it's is. It's a movie. <laughs> 19, I see 1959 here on oh, the, on the end of book. About that. There's a whole year difference between Wikipedia and IMDb. He played the same character on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color in an episode called I Captured the King of the Leprechauns. I'm Dobby O'Gill of the Little People. <clears throat> this is not as good. I like Dragon Heart. It's my favorite. I'm Action of the that, Tiger. That was the name of that movie, wasn't it? Dragon yeah, yeah, Heart? yeah. Dragon Heart. Yeah. Which what I, was the one with him? And oh, I'm First Knight. I'm. He was. <laughs> yes, he played King Arthur in First Knight. With Richard Gere, Lancelot. Yes, yes, and uh, and and the lady from uh, and Marion from. No, it wasn't Marion, was it? I always pictured as Marion. That would be Robin Hood. From Julia Ormond played Guinevere. We say all that to say welcome to Geek Out Loud. That's right. That's right. Derek's in a <laughs> Derek's in a fort. 
Remember, I you, remember, you remember that episode of Friends where mm-hmm. Ross had moved in with Chandler and Joey mm-hmm. for a couple of episodes? And he had all his boxes there. And, and Chandler comes in and Joey's got them all. He's like, Joe? And Joey sticks his head out from behind him. He's like, you made a fort, didn't you? Yeah, I made a fort. You gonna argue about it? Or you're gonna get in the fort. That's right. You gonna argue? You gonna stand here and argue about it? You gonna the, get in what's the fort? What's funny is when Ross comes in and they both pop out and they've got the cowboys and Indians <laughs> headpieces going. And Ross gets in. So yeah, I'm just kind of down here. It's like Hitler's last days. There you Wow. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully it's like Hitler's. Hopefully it's nothing like Hitler. <laughs> by the way, say, how are you gonna make that a good thing? There's no way. I'm Hitler. What are you, where are you gonna go with this? <laughs> There's no way to do it. Um, and so let's, what else was Sean Connery in? <laughs> I don't know. Let's jump out of that and jump into some emails. This first one comes. Oh, I was expecting something. I know, I know you were. We're not, we're not playing <laughs> with the soundboard tonight. <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good. Uh, this first one comes from uh, Jillian Finlay. I'm the hunt for Red October. Oh, that's I'm Alec Baldwin. Wait, <laughs> no, that's not right. Well, I'm the Shadow. No, that's Alec Baldwin. That's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> You're getting the ball wrong. I'm Thirty Rock. Um, the hunt for Red October is a good one to do that too. What's that? What do you mean? To, to do that, call himself that. Oh, yeah, that is a I'm the hunt for Red October. <laughs> All right, Jillian Finley. Red October standing by. Okay. Jillian Finley says, uh, just for your information, strong women characters do not include Katniss Everdeen. Apparently, a, a couple of months... Did somebody back, say that? Well, apparently, a couple of months back, we started having some conversations about diversity in comics and in the entertainment that we like oh, to I remember consume. that. And uh, somewhere in there I mentioned strong female characters. And um, and she and I'd mentioned apparently Katniss Everdeen from the Hunger Games, from the from the Running Man remake. And um <laughs> and she says it does not include Katniss. She never did. I don't know. I've only seen the first movie. I've not read the book. Well, you've seen one movie too many. That's true. Well, you know, I I've told the story before. There was the guy at my church that was like, have you seen The Hunger Games? I'm like, no, not yet. He's like, it's the best movie I've ever seen. And I just looked at him I'm like, have you not seen Star Wars? Oh. And he said, yeah. He said, yeah, I've seen Star Wars. I said, then that's the best movie you've ever seen. There's nothing that makes me want to see. I don't, I, I'm, you ready for blasphemy? Go ahead. I am not of the Jennifer Lawrence camp. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Did we talk about it on air? Yeah, we talked about it on air. I just air. don't get the yeah. love. I don't, you know, she's all right. Yeah. I, don't. I appreciate her. Um, well, I wonder how much of it has just become a bit. For her? For her. No. Uh, I don't believe you. I mean, I, I'm act, not going to accept I'm going to act all innocent and not love. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I don't think she acts innocent. I think she just acts down to earth in, in a way that people I, in Hollywood don't I, normally I think, act. I think, I think 75% of, of her is an act. Hmm. That's that's hateful. And that's not hateful. I'm not being mean. Well, I'm just going to say you're going to have you're going to have some some words coming at you from the quiet corner over that because this comes from Dave in the quiet corner. He says, we interrupt the Bib Up podcast to deliver this important message. He says, darn it, Steve, I'm right in the middle of a virtual relationship with Jennifer Lawrence. Don't spoil it for me by trying to take her away. Like, I could ever take a girl away from anybody. 
And then uh, he's, he's done it. I've seen it. And then he mentioned we we were talking about arrow. Steve just walked in the bar and goes, "I'm dragon hot." Uh, they I'm, all just <laughs> they all just melt. I'm the untouchables. She says uh, he goes on to say. By the way, I heard an emailer. Uh, predict that Summer Glau will be revealed to be Talia Al Ghul. He's talking about on Arrow. And uh, he goes ahead and reveals to us they've actually cast Katrina Law of Spartacus fl- fame to play Nissa Al Ghul. I am Spartacus. So I'm guessing Talia is out. Are you still watching uh, Arrow? I have not watched since they came back from hiatus. I haven't I had a chance to watch either. I just have not had time. I have not either, so... But uh, I have been enjoying the second season now that I've kind of caught up. I'm and telling you, it. it's good yeah. TV. It's been it's been good. It's been decent. I've really I've, I've I'm on the train. I'm on the train. And I'll uh, I'll tell you some something at the end that I found out last night that I can't tell you on air. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> this one comes from uh, Tim. And there uh, are some who call him <laughs> Tim. Tim. Uh, he uh he we we talked about the whole diversity thing and he he wants to weigh in so he says uh this is going to be another magic and movies conversation oh he says i'd like months yes he says i'd like to weigh in on the diversity versus pandering discussion you guys tackled on the last episode of goal um personally i think that diversity in comics is a good thing i never said that diversity is a bad thing neither of us did I just said when you're just throwing stuff in there just to say, look at all of our diversity. That's I mean, what... I'm look, I'm Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But... Really? I'm, I'm just going wild. for any reference I can get at this point. Uh, he says he was in that one. Was yes, he was in yeah. that one. Kevin, no. Yeah, he shows up at the end. He does. He's, he's King he's Richard. King Richard. Yes, he has I an just, outlaw I for just an wrecked in-law. Your mind. I did. I totally, totally, totally messed up there. Totally. I'm dragon hot. Um, anyhow, he goes Sorry. on. That's fine. No, he goes on to say, uh, what while characters like Rhodey and now the Falcon are being portrayed as far more than just the black friend, and although colorblind colorblind casting has given fantastic portrayals of characters, Michael Clark Duncan is the kingpin, and these days it Idris Elba is Heimdall. Uh, if we're being honest, there's still a way to go. I know that Iron Man is one of Marvel's movies poster boy, but I personally would have preferred a Black Panther film as opposed to the lackluster Iron Man 3. Diversity isn't really pandering. The fact of the matter is, with the world we live in, it's not trying to be diverse as much as it is realistic. And I think that's a naive look at things, the way that things are done. Um, again, I, I just go back to if it if it if if it's good for the story, good for the character, go for it. The goose so, and the gander. Um, so uh, he goes on, he says, actual pandering, on the other hand, Altering characters and storylines to fit bratty fan demands is becoming a problem with the industry. More so with Marvel than DC. Last year, in the months following the Avengers film, there was a mini-controversy because Black Widow was locking lips with Hawkeye on the cover to Avengers Assemble. While at the time, she had the Winter Sol- while she and the Winter Soldier were in a relationship where they were all but married. As it turns out, in the months following, Black Widow and all her memories of Winter Soldier erased. Spoiler alert. I know. Daggum. Jeez. Mm-hmm. How about pandering to me for not mm-hmm. giving me spoilers? So I'm going to stop reading those spoilers. I'm just kidding. But the point is, he's he's kind of he's kind of talking about how they're trying to make it like the movies more than the comics, and the, and that Marvel's allowing their <coughs> comics to be influenced by the movies rather than vice versa. Um, he says uh, all these changes were done to get the comic status quo more aligned with the movie universe. That's what I just said. To the point where <laughs> War Machine has decided to become a stooge for S.H.I.E.L.D. and has donned the Iron Patriot armor, armor, armor. 
just in time to coincide with Iron Man 3. Um, He says, as I said earlier, it's more an issue with Marvel than DC. While DC has done things like kick off their new 52 Justice League with Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, all the characters who've had feature films, in other instances, they've outright outright refused to cater to fans' whims. People have been clamoring for the return of Wally West, Stephanie Brown, Connor Hawk, and Cassandra Cain. All those requests have fallen upon deaf ears for going on two years. When people express their distaste for a Superman-Wonder Woman relationship, uh, DC pretty much showed them the door. Um, While I may not agree with every choice DC has made, I have to respect them for sticking their guns and not caving in and catering to petty fan demands, as opposed to Marvel altering their universe at the sake of the story. I kind of agree with him there. Not, you know, even though I don't necessarily agree with everything DC's done with the whole new 52, they're obviously building a universe that they want to last for more, you know, for about the same time that it lasted between crisis on infinite earths and infinite crisis, you know, about 20 years or so. And to do that, you've got to, you know, you got to hold off on some of these characters that people have come to know and love so much in the later years of the DC universe as we knew it. And so I imagine you'll see Wally West down the road, but, you know, give it time and and, and let it all develop kind of naturally over there. Anyhow. So that's Tim. Um, he says, you know, he says he sees how people can take issue with it, but, um, you know, it, it's... Uh, he, he, he just... He's all, he's all in favor of diversity. And I think our whole thing was neither of us are against diversity in comics or the media. No. I just, my thing is, I'm more in favor of story being the story. And if it, if you, if you can serve the story or create a character that serves the story, I, I heard an interesting interview with Neil Adams um, on Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith's Batman podcast. And Neil was talking about the creation of the John Stewart character as a Green Lantern. And he was talking about, a, you know, at that time, um, the only, the only black characters you saw in comics were like Luke Cage, who was straight out of Harlem. Or the Black Panther, who was, you know, an African king. Um, or every other black character just had black in their name. You know, Black Goliath, Black Lightning, all this stuff. Black Vulcan. Black Vulcan. And um, and so he decided, you know, when, when they were talking about uh, changing up the Green Lantern a little bit, he said, well, here's the guy I want. And he described just, a, you know, a regular dude who just happened to be black. And he talked about some of the things that were said around that. And, they were, and he's like, and the idea is, it's like, let's just show real people. And this is real people, you know. This is that's what you want to do with these things. And and when you're writing a story, when you're when you're writing comics, when you're developing characters, you want to start from the basis of: Are these people real? You know, is this someone who could be real? And is this a situation that, you know, barring the fantastic stuff of a ring seeking out somebody to to you know who's worthy, is this something that you know would make sense? And his whole his whole uh, argument was: You know, when you watch the Olympics you don't see, you know, a bunch of white guys out there. You see all different races and all different, you know, backgrounds. And his point was, you know, you'd had at that point Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner. And he's like, the next Green Lantern, he said, I can't see the ring just going to three white people, (laughs) you know. And and so, and that's Neil Adams, you know. Neil Adams, someone who spent a lot of time in the comic book universe. And I think he had a better handle on it than a lot of people do today because of, you know, in my personal opinion, a lot of people are so worried about offending people, and we get so well, we get so scared that we're going to offend somebody, and then there's demands for apologies and all this other stuff, and it's just like, why don't we just write what's real? You know, to you know, to, uh, to an extent, of course, comic books aren't real, but 
Do I make sense? Is my question. I'm dragging hard. Good. Um, how, how are no, things? I read the something the day that made me think that was talking about Doctor Who, and they're like, "So you're telling me there's a 1,200 year old alien, and every time he regenerates, he's just a white guy <laughs> every time." <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I can almost see that as a as a genetic thing from who he you to me. You can explain that away. You know, you can explain that like, look, this is how he was born, and there are limits to the regeneration. You know, that's not to say there aren't other. And also, he's an alien. Or you could just make him a woman sometime, <clears throat> or just blow it all out of the water and make him a woman. I'm, you know, I'm not against it either way, but I'm just, I'm saying like there are rules you could set up to say this is why this makes sense. I also think you got to remember it's a British show, and they're all very, they're bigots in in Great Britain, <laughs> right? No, no, I, I mean, <laughs> they're obviously. Did you not watch Finding Forrester? I didn't. They're <laughs> obviously in Britain. They're a lot. I always feel like they're a little more evolved or you know progressive i guess would be the term to yeah use. I, I you know and so I, I would never look and say oh, just those guys of course then i hear people say things about moffat that i don't know i mean i don't know about it i'd i've, I've gotten to where i don't get so much into the behind the scenes stuff yeah. with tv shows anymore yeah they 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 make him out to be sexist not that he's not not that he yeah that just you know that's that's a that's a term i see thrown a lot around a lot at, about him um, I would like to see a female doctor. I tell you, I'm ready for a black Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I've, you're not the only person I've heard say that. I'm ready for a black Bruce Wayne. I mean, I I don't know why not. You know, if you can, uh, someone had mentioned who did I hear say Idris Elba would be a great Bruce Wayne. Of course, you know he's the he's the person in the zeitgeist right now, is Idris Elba, and um and yeah, for good he, reason. Every every time somebody pops up, it's like, well, let's just make Idris Elba. Yeah, he needs I, to be the next Bond. He needs to be yeah. the next. You know, which I mean, there's a reason he's in the zeitgeist right now. But yeah, he's he's an awesome, he's a good looking dude. He's got a great accent, and he knocks a home run when he acts. So, I come there. You go. Isn't that isn't that the trifecta you need for a you you need you need <laughs> sexy you need a, you need a good actor and what was the third thing? A good accent. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Something I don't have. You have a lovely accent, Steve Claus. Don't, so don't sell yourself short. You don't sell yourself short. I'm kind of short down here in the well, bunker. Well, down to the how, this, how are things? This is this is what the snow has done to us. <laughs> this is Sean Phillips reporting live from my winter bunker. With everybody's dead. Everybody's dead outside. I can't go out there anymore. Um, I'm taking all the food I can. This is this email comes from Chris Reyes, and it's kind of interesting because it's something I've not heard, and I want to see if you've heard this. Uh, this is this is old school rumors. This is some old rumors. Um, he says, hey, Steve, love the show. Wanted to get your opinions on this rumor. I've heard for a while now that Christopher Nolan never wanted to make uh, The Dark Knight Rises. After Ledger's death, it threw a lot at no Nolan, both personally and emotionally, and he had to uh, rejuggle what the films had to be, but eventually his heart was no longer in it. Just wanted to get your opinions on this possibility. Is that something you'd heard? I've never heard that. I've I, never I, heard I, that I don't either. doubt it, but I've never heard that. I mean, I'm you know, anytime you talk, anytime I've heard anything from from the actors or anyone involved in the making of The Dark Knight, you know, that was a poignant, huge moment for everybody. Um, you know, they talk about how they would never leave the set, all of them. You know, I, uh, I, you, I'd heard after his death that, you know, Heath Ledger would hang out on the set a lot of times just to watch other stuff being filmed. But I've heard Aaron Eckhart say the same thing, and he said that they all did that. 
they would just all stay at the set just to just to be there because the process was so fascinating working with Chris Nolan and you know and they have nothing but good things to say about him and 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 obviously you build relationships when you're hanging out with people and so of course that threw an emotional huge emotional wrench into the situation but I've not heard that he never wanted to make the Dark Knight Rises you know and just knowing the way that he he he's a storyteller I don't you know I don't know that he ever had any plans for the Joker to be a part of a third part. Well, the original ending to The Dark Knight had the Joker getting away. Right. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just like that song. Yeah. <laughs> the Joker got away. <laughs> um, in that Batmobile. Oh, wait, I got to know it. Batman know. smells? Okay. Now sing it like Bane. <clears throat> Jingle bells, Batman <laughs> smells, Robert laid an egg. Don't no breathing. Don't Somebody needs to go back and do that as a video. <laughs> of just him down when he's got his shirt off and he's on the stool down in the sewers. Oh, yes. Gordon comes in. <laughs> Jingle bells. And then Jordan, and then Gordon jumps over the side to, yes. to get away. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not finished. Gordon got away. <laughs> Batmobile lost a wheel. Darth Vader and Gordon got away. <laughs> Jerry, really? <laughs> he just shoots that guy and throws him in the water after him. <laughs> you find him. Oh well, Derek. Uh, let's. Uh, we've got one last email here, and I want to step into snippets with it, if we may. It's a segue. Yep. Ju- come ride with me on my segue, Derek. It's a. It's a juxtaposition segue. Um. All right. <laughs> Here we it's go. A big word. <laughs> it's from Alicia, and she says, "Hello, Stephen Derek." Hello. Um, I was. I hope- keep waiting for you one day to pull the Leon uh, Phelps. What is? Ooh, it's a lady. Oh, a lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I was hoping on one of your upcoming shows you guys would explain or get into the history of Ant-Man and the Guardians of the Galaxy for us non-comic book fans. I guess I could look it up on Wikipedia, but I'm lazy and you guys are much more entertaining. Ah! That's the that's the new tagline for the show. Geek out loud. More, more entertaining, entertaining than, than Wikipedia. Wikipedia, yes! <laughs> uh, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. We're more entertaining than Wikipedia. I'm Steve Lawson. And I'm Derek Russell. From The Bunker. Um... Somebody send rations. So, I'm so hungry. I'll take a laser disc of Dragonheart at this point. I'm Dragonheart. Um, Bleak. Do you know? I mean, you're. Um, I know more Ant Man than mm-hmm. I. I told you when Guardians came. I was like, "What is this crap? What is this?" I know nothing of Guardians. Okay. Um, um, I've I've read up a lot here recently. We've had some casting news with Ant Man. Yeah, like get me excited for a Marvel movie, why don't you? You love Paul Rudd, huh? I do love Paul Rudd, and I like Michael Douglas. Yeah, and well, and it's interesting that um, Paul Rudd is playing the current Ant Man, and I can't think of that character's name. Alan Scott, right? Yeah, and no, Hank, Alan Scott is and, the Green Lantern, and then. Hank is uh, Michael Douglas. Is yeah, Michael one? Douglas is playing Hank Pym. Is the original Ant Man? 
and he's got to like steal the suit or something. Yeah, I, that's ridiculous. I don't see. That's the thing is is it's not Alan Scott. Alan Scott is the Green Lantern. No, that's the Green Lantern, Steve. Um, it's Alan something. Scott, it's no, Paul it's Rudd. Scott something. It's Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he's just totally going to be Paul Rudd in the whole thing. Yeah. It's going to put on the suit. He's going to be like, I will see you later. I will see you another time. That's, <laughs> and then he shrinks. <laughs> um, he, uh, the, the idea is Hank Pym developed this technology that would, these Pym particles that would help him grow and shrink. That will somehow still have nothing to do with Ultron, though. Right. It's, Even though it should. Well, Pym particles don't have anything to do with Ultron. No, but Pym should. Yeah. Well, you would think so. I think they're going to end up letting Jarvis have something to do with Ultron. I'm sorry, what? Jarvis. Yeah, I heard you. What? Do you, where are you going with that? That he... that Because Ultron, the whole idea of Ultron is he's artificial intelligence that goes Skynet on everybody yeah. in a way. That's a good verb. Thank you. And... um, <laughs> and That's a verb... Adjective. And decides to wipe to... out, and, and the whole idea is to make his whole programming was to make a perfect, make things more perfect, and make things better. And so he just sees humanity as being imperfect, and he begins to um, try to wipe out humanity. And he just becomes this villain that's always trying to make himself better because he is he is a robot. He is artificial intelligence. And I, I eat because I'm unhappy. That's right. It, I'm unhappy because, because I, I eat. <laughs> um. But uh, but it, it, to me, based on that, the the the, it's not even a sizzle reel, but based on the little teaser thing they showed at Comic Con with the Iron Man test footage, yeah. The, oh oh yeah, the, the Iron the, Man helmet getting beat into the Ultron helmet. I I feel like it's going to be something goes wrong with the Jarvis software, and and he becomes Avengers two gearing up. He he becomes James Spader. Um, he becomes me. Yeah. What? Everybody says I look like James Spader. Really? I shaved the head. He has the shaved head on the blacklist and it's the glasses. And everybody says I'm looking like James Spader. Everybody. Have you not been in on this? No, I've not been in on this. Well, you stay out of it. I've, I'm hands off, buddy. My hands. You off. don't agree? I don't agree. No. Thank you. Okay. Everybody has been saying I look like. Old James. I've kind of, I've kind of just joined in on it. There you go. So, so you're starting. To, are you going to start kind of taking on his cadence of the way he talks and everything too? I think, I think I'm his uh, stunt double now. Unofficial. I am. I'm a James Spader fan from uh, Boston Legal. Yeah, you like uh, what? What was his name on Denny Boston Crane. Legal? Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Um. <clears throat> so anyhow, Ant Man. Back to Ant Man. We we say all this to say. Uh, it's going to be the younger Ant-Man, who's the current Ant-Man in the comics, with Hank Pym, who developed these Pym particles that helped him shrink and grow. And then he developed a helmet as Ant-Man that he could communicate with and command bugs, mostly ants. But I don't know that it's going to... Is it going that route? I, I DK. I DK. But, um, but I mean, I'm just saying in the, the comics. The I'm just IDK. talking about in the comics. This is how it went in the comics. Yeah. And so it's it's all about the shrinking and the growing. And apparently, I've not seen the test footage that they've shown of Ant Man. But apparently, it's it's How pretty cool. How have you not cool. seen that footage? I don't know. I just have never seen it. Can you pull it up right the f now? I don't know. Is it available? It's on YouTube. Is it? All right. Well, let's do this together, children. How have you never seen this? I've I watched it like four billion times. Oh well. Well, look at you. 
Well, I'm not trying to be. I'm stuck in the fort, Steve. Have some. Have some. I've had plenty of time <laughs> on your hands. Is it any wonder I've got too much time, time on, my on my hands? Can right. you believe that's going to be the twelfth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is it really? Yeah. Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America, Avengers. Yeah, that was six. Uh huh. Iron Man Three. Uh huh. Thor Two. Uh huh. Captain America Two. Uh huh. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh huh. Yeah, we're up to ten. Uh-huh. Avengers 2. Uh-huh. Ant-Man. Uh-huh. Wow. That's 12. Yeah. For those of you counting on your feet at home. I was counting on my old fingers. Now, wait a minute. Oh, that's... T- I don't want your test footage thoughts, dude. I just want to see the test footage. Jeez. Steve. Yeah. The film is scheduled to begin principal photography in mid-2014 in Fayette County, Georgia. Oh, they're going up to North Georgia to do it. Hey, Atlanta's become kind of a popular... Uh, popular uh place to to film let's road trip this I'm, mother this dude now what is this someone else talking okay here we go do you find oh it? yeah he's flipping about oh he just kind of popped up there's his agents agent smith and then he shrinks back down he's running on the barrel of the gun he flies to the guy's lips he busts him in the mouth his god is my witness he's broken, he's broken in, half. in half and now this guy keeps talking though it cut away from it. Jeez, Louise. It's only like 15 seconds okay, long. Okay, well, that's what it was then. That is cool. That's very cool. And I like the look of the suit. Okay, here we go. He's running on the gun. Hits the guy. The guy flies into the... Oh, my gosh. Okay, see, they didn't show all this mess here. That was very cool. Second half of the footage there. And, um, and it looked pretty sweet so if they're doing that kind of stuff with him i think it'll be real cool i just don't know who his villain's gonna be i don't know who the ant-man villain is i think pym is gonna be the villain really yeah i don't know how i feel about that i just don't know how i feel about that married to Catherine zeta jones was in entrapment with sean connery brought it all the way back around there you go there you go guardians of the galaxy is a different animal on the other hand guardians of the galaxy is um they were originally created way back in the late 60s, and they were... Jack Kirby created them. Yeah, they were a team from the future. I don't know if Jack Kirby created them. I think he did. I thought he uh, did. The first team appeared in a partial reprint title by Arnold Drake and penciled by Gene Colan. Mm. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, uh, however, this will be the first film, Marvel Cinematic Film, that Stan Lee is not in. Uh, he wasn't in X-Men First Class. Okay. Okay. thing I read said this was the first one he would not be in. Punisher. I I guess this means the Marvel Studio films. Was he in Wolverine? No. Okay, then. So this is the first Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Right. The Marvel Studios, yeah. Yeah. Um... Anyhow, they were they're from the future. Burst the, my balloon. The whole idea of the original team was they were from the future. And you had one of them um who was from present day, from twentieth century Earth, who basically Buck Rogers <laughs> Buck Rogers did. Um 
he he spent a thousand years in suspended animation, and then he uh, he has this suit on that if he if it ever gets ripped and the air touches him, he'll just start to disintegrate. Um, so he's 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 stuck in this suit. There's someone from Mercury, someone from Pluto, someone from Jupiter, uh, and then, then an alien guy that's kind of like a Native American type character, uh, and then. Um, there's, Is that Batista? Yeah. Then, well, not yet. Not yet. And then there was this character named Starhawk, who was almost kind of a cosmic power and that sort of thing. Um, and and they would be back and forth in time, sometimes having adventures with the Avengers and that sort of thing. And then they actually got their own book in the mid-'90s. And this is where I got really familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxies. They had their own book, and, it, and there was this neat thing about a quest for Captain America's shield and that sort of thing. And it was pretty cool. Uh, it didn't last super, super long. Uh, and then they re they resurrected the team after the Annihilus, Annihilation War or something, whatever it was called, in, in the Marvel Universe back in like 2007, 2008. And this actually is happening co- concurrent with events on Earth in the Marvel Universe as they're happening, I guess, now. I'm using my quote fingers there. Dink, dink. Dink, dink. And this is the one that has... Um, uh, who are the team? Glenn Close is in this movie. Yes, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, you got Drax the Destroyer, who's from Saturn. You've got um, Adam Warlock, who's this uh, cosmic powered robot, but I don't think he's actually in the in the movie. Uh, Gamora, who is like Thanos's daughter or something like that. Um, Adopted. Rock, yeah, Rocket Raccoon, uh, who is a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Voiced by uh, Bradley Cooper. Groot, who is a tree. I am Groot. Uh, Voiced all, by Vin Diesel. Yes, all he says is Groot. That's all he ever says. And um, there is a guy who is from Earth, and I can't think of his name. But anyhow, there. And what they do is, is they're not really. He calls himself Star Lord, but they're not really. Um, Chris Pratt's character. Yeah, Chris Pratt's character. They're not really... Someone has described what you're going to see in the Guardians of the Galaxy as Star Wars, but every character is Han Solo. Yeah, they're... I mean, they definitely have a renegade feel about like them. Like the Expendables? They're, yeah, it's kind of like... It's more like the Expendables. Have you seen the trailer for Expendables 3? I've just seen the one where they're all kind of there and all the names start popping yes. up and the names take up more space on the screen than the actual people that are there. This is what I'm talking about, Steven. <laughs> it got me so happy. Although, on a sad note, I never saw Expendables 2. Uh, you need to see that movie. What was... Was that slide? I was trying. Hold on. No. Wait a minute. Let Hold it on. go. Hold on. No, no. Let it go. Yo, Adrian. No, no. wait, hold on. <laughs> what is, what's his what's his line? It's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep standing. How hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. How's your Australian tonight? Crikey. It's all right, I guess. It's all right. But anyhow, so there it's very much a, <laughs> I lost it. You kept trying to do it. Was this yesterday when you kept trying to do yes, that over and on over? On the big Hawkins show, yeah. You kept trying to over and over again. I was laughing because it was funny. 
But, you know, it's like, oh, that's Steve. You know, because you just kept going. And then just out of nowhere, danger, danger. <laughs> well, that's how I get into it. I have to go I have to go back to Steve Irwin. Danger, <laughs> danger. Off the road. <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> What a beaut. Woo! Um, I'm Dragon Hot. I'm Sean Connery. Uh, wait, no, that's not my name. Um... This show. I ruined the Wikipedia. We've basically just downgraded into bad impression. <laughs> I ruined now is going to get a hold of us. Um. So anyhow, so that's the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's it's very much a space movie. If you saw the tag at the end of the Avengers with Thanos, I think that's going to play more into that part of things than anything else. The the coda at the end of Thor actually is going to play into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, that guy that was played by what's his face, uh, Benicio del Toro, is that right? Was that who that was? No. Yes, the collector. Yeah, the collector. Um, they're going to get into some of these, and and it's really interesting when you get into the history of the Marvel universe. There were a lot of they did get very sci-fi. You know, you have the Kree and the Scroll and the and the Badoon, and um and it's just and and once you get into the cosmic characters of Marvel, it's it's kind of interesting the universe. Because they did, they created an entire universe, much the same way that uh, over in DC, they you know they end up with the new gods and apocalypse and and um, and and some of their you know more out there characters, the whole Green Lantern Corps idea and all that stuff, as you get to see. And so it's just a neat thing, and and I think it's going to be, it is definitely the biggest risk they've ever taken. But everyone that talks about it seems very positive about it, you know, without. It doesn't seem like talking points when people are talking about the thing, you know, the way you would about a movie like, oh, well, we might have made a mistake. You know, they seem real positive about what's being done. Did I lose you? No, I'm letting you okay. keep going. I, I think it's a ballsy move. It is. It's huge. It's a huge move. And that, to me, as, a, as just a fan of what they've done with these movies so far, it makes me more interested to see it. Because if if it's a train wreck, good. I was there to watch. You know, if it's I saw the whole thing. If it's awesome, I was in my fort. If it's awesome, then good. I was on board when it happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So either way, I guess that's a hipster way of looking at it. I'm confused so as to what you're a hipster either is. for it or against it. That's, I'm totally for it. So. But if it was bad, you were against. No, it. if I was, if it was bad, I'm like I was for it. But it, hey. It was the worst thing. I was I was totally for it before it ever happened. I don't see how it can turn into Green Lantern. Nothing could ever turn into Green so, Lantern. There you go. Um snippet. Whoopah. Um the uh you sent me a text the other day with a picture of Donatello? The blue one's Leonardo. Was it blue? I thought he was purple. No, he's blue. Okay. No, no, I know Leonardo's blue, but I thought the picture you sent me was purple. No, that was blue. Okay. That was Leonardo. He's okay. holding swords, Steve. Oh, I should have. That was the giveaway right there. Donatello's the bow staff. See, I know my turtles. But you you were a little old. Da Vinci is the um, <laughs> is the nunchucks. and I like Venus de Milo. That's, uh, I, can I tell you a quick story about the turtles? Please. Something that happened. I, I, I got nothing but time down here. On, on my Facebook the other day, a link came up to uh, the look of the new turtles. And the link was basically to a picture of like what looked to be like a costume that will be sold at Halloween based on these turtles. 
And all of these people were commenting about, yeah, I can't believe it that they're doing this. That's it. They've ruined it. Michael Bay's ruined it. I'm like, this is obviously a picture of a company that has, has done it. And, and for that's, all a, of, that's a ruby. Yeah. And for all <laughs> purposes, I'm like, that's a really cool looking Halloween costume. Because it the, the way the mask is done and everything, it actually comes down over the person's head, so you have the whole turtle thing. I'm like, it's a cool costume. But and you know, and I'm like, that person, that's human hands on that thing. That's not and I just wanted to I just wanted to but I didn't get into a flame war with everybody to tell them how you stupid they were. I should have. But I was just like, This is so dumb. I don't, I don't. <clears throat> But what no, you showed me I thought looked really cool, Derek. I'm sorry. And and I have been around with turtles forever Mm -hmm. and i have bought the comics and i had on vhs recorded every single episode of the tv show and i had every single action figure and i love the new series and i still love the comics i still buy the comics from idw and i do not and you know i was a little hesitant when the whole michael bay thing happened side note is Michael Bay directing Ninja Turtles and Terminators 4 at the exact same time? You mean Transformers 4? Transformers 4. What did I he say? He might be Terminator. Heck he, no. He might be. I'd like to see a Michael Bay Terminator, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, let's... Isn't let's that get, basically what Rise of the Machines was? Yeah, let's get out of all the drama. And I don't think it was. I think it would have been a lot cooler explosions and stuff had Michael Bay directed uh, Rise of the Machines. Um... I don't know if he. I, I mean, obviously he's doing work with Transformers. I imagine they're all in post on the Turtles, right? I don't. I don't know. By the way, there is a tra- Transformers Super Bowl spot. Oh, cool! Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I know how much you love the dinosaurs. I love the Transformers. Yeah, I know how much you love the dinosaurs. The Dinobots, you mean? The Dino. Well, yeah, but I'm saying dinosaurs. Because the Transformers are like dinosaurs. Yeah. Hmm. Aren't you? Are you not just over the moon for the Dinobots? I'm not. I mean, I. I it depends. And, and 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 Mark Wahlberg. I am over the moon for Mark Wahlberg. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Anything's better than Shia LaBeouf. Cloud Rider. Yeah. No. 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 Um. But I got dude. I'm sorry. I got to tell you. In in freaking Revenge of the Fallen, when he's run into Optimus with with the Matrix. Or the sock full of the Matrix, and he gets blown to holy heck, and he's sitting there dying, and you know, and she's like, "I love you." I'm, whatever, man. He gave his life for Optimus Prime, and that's when the Matrix came back together and 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 jump started Optimus, and and then Jetfire was like, "You have my parts," and and then he went and fought the Fallen, and it was good stuff. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd rather watch the animated movie. I mean, I would too, but I'm just saying, you know. By the way, we got to get Stan Bush back on the show. He's going to be releasing a new album in February, so you got the touch. Um, Age of Extinction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm. I've never been a huge. I'm not like huge about the Dinobots like a lot of other people seem to be. There's been. It's weird the way that fandom kind of Dinobots on was kind of like one of those. See, I well, I remember Transformers, but I just remember Transformers. Mm-hmm. I didn't get off into all the other stuff. GoBots and okay, I, I didn't, no, Dinobots were a faction of the Autobots within Transformers. But I remember, but I but that came later, right? Not too much later. I mean, they were in the first season when they created really? them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they I had a whole thing about I remember watching Transformers, and I remember watching G.I. Joe, and I do not remember Dinobots. Yeah, Grimlock. But <clears throat> like the, I remember Dinobots, but I, I wasn't watching. Yeah, Grimlock. Swoop. But I thought that was always one of those things that the fandom just kind of... They they swept did. under the rug. No, no. Most most Transformers fans like the Dinobots are huge. They love the Dinobots. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the story with them? Well, it depends on what version. In the we'll car- get back to Turtles in a minute. Yeah. What's the story? In, School me. I, I will. Have a seat. Oh, you already are. I'm in the bunker. Um, <laughs> I'm dragging in, on. In our <laughs> in the cartoon, um. They basically you had you had Chip who was the kid in the wheelchair and Spike, and they were teaching the dino. They were teaching. They found some dinosaur bones um, near where the ark crashed, and so they were teaching the Autobots all about the dinosaurs. And so Wheeljack decided to make some Autobots to build some Autobots based on the designs of the dinosaurs, and. They were unstable at first. The program was unstable, and they would just kind of they were, they were kind of destructive or whatever. And then it turns out that they needed them to help in the end and that sort of thing. And so they ended up. And the whole thing so about they really didn't come from the planet. No, not in the cartoon. But when you get to some of the comic iterations and that sort of thing, they had been on Cybertron, and you know Grimlock had been like a soldier in the in the war in the early days and that sort of thing and it kind of gone crazy so it just depends on what version you take from um you know So is there an instance where they're like ancestors to the Autobots? Not that I know of. Okay. You know they Grimlock and the Dinobots actually in one of the newer iterations of of the comic version were almost like their own little cell for a minute while the war was going on and they had this they it was almost with Grimlock it's almost a Hulk like thing. The more wound up he got, the dumber he would get. Yeah. And he would just start to kind of go nuts. Yeah. So you had to be careful with him. Um but Are you know, they the, in the new series? In the The new T V Transformers show? I don't know. I've not watched it. Is the new T V show still a thing? They no, they just ended it. There's a movie that kinda ended it all. Did Optimus die? I don't know. I've not watched it. That seems to be the I can't, go-to. I can't watch Optimus die a third time in my life. It happened in the movie. It happened in Revenge of the Fallen. I can't see it happening again. And it happens in your heart every day. It does, every day. <laughs> he just turns black and white for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he dies and it's the Windows blue screen of death. It's right. <laughs> So anyhow, back it's a to physical the, dump of memory. Back to the oh. turtles. Yeah, I could, do. I need to school you on the turtles. Listen, no, I know. Let me tell you. Let I, me tell you. I mean, I know about the turtles. Let me tell you. I'm just asking. Let me tell you. Go ahead. I've been there since since day one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been a fan. I do not mind the new look at all. And I remember hearing descriptions a few weeks ago of what Shredder looked like and you, how. Wait a minute. You don't like the new look? No, I love the. Okay. I'm like I don't. I, I'm perfectly content with the new look. I have okay. no problems with the new look. All right. Okay. I mean, what what were they gonna look like? What did you think they were gonna look like? They're doing. They're doing. They're gonna look like giant turtles. I mean, did you think they were gonna look like the first three movies again? I no, Derek. I didn't. I didn't. I'm talking to the the people. Oh, to Steve. the to the royal you. Yeah, I'm talking to the the them out to, there. Are there naysayers it, that don't like the look? Oh my! I have not seen one person other than you and I 
No one that I have seen, everything I have seen has trashed everything about this movie. Well, what's wrong with it, though? What's wrong with the look? I don't know, but every talk to Cohen. Cohen, everything I've seen about Cohen, Cohen's like, I hate it. Cohen, email us. Call him. And until you tell me why you don't like the Turtles, I'm not going to like Arrow anymore. <laughs> That's the deal. That's what we're going for. The Munker's getting... It's shrinking. And I thought uh, I saw the pictures of Shredder, and I thought he looked bad, man. Yeah, they were like, this thing, this guy's made of knives. And I was like, I, I, I don't He's really... Shredder! <sighs> he looks like... he. I mean, he doesn't look like the cartoon character come to life, but he looks like someone that in the real world would be dressed in that kind of armor. And so that samurai armor he's got rolling? Shoot. They I say Splinter's the only thing that looks... And I haven't seen Splinter yet, but Splinter's the only thing that looks true to form i don't understand how they don't look true to form they're they're turtles they're giant turtles walking upright with the right weapons and whatnot yeah i don't i mean i don't know how that design doesn't look okay i don't understand and i was they really just don't me. look bad to me at well, i'm all. sure i'm sure we'll hear from somebody so so write in tell us geek out online at gmail.com geek out but online. i'm serious like i'm looking at them right now and now, I'd not seen the poster that you'd sent me earlier. Yeah, that just came out like yesterday. And it's official because Paramount's pulling it down left and right. I mean, the only thing that looks weird is like Donatello with his glasses or whatever. Which I kind of like, though. But they look like... I mean, they look like the Ninja Turtles. I mean, that picture I sent you of Leo? Yeah. That looks like Leonardo to me. Yeah. I mean, he's got that bamboo armor stuff on, but, I mean, other than that. And, you know, I get Shredder's all shreddered up, but I just I don't see a problem with it. I really don't. They look like turtles that are just, they look like teenagers. Like, I was afraid turtles. they were going to kind of look deformed. Right. Like, uncomfortable, awkward looking. I just don't see, I mean, you've got, You've got all these comics to go on. You've got all the cartoons to go on. Even the even the old uh, even the movies, the three movies. You've got those designs to go on, and it's hard to deviate from that pattern and that design. You know, they just make them look a little more muscly and a little more ba. Yeah. So I, I don't look, get it. I mean, I, I, and looking at the poster I sent you. I'm going Other to go see this movie it and like love Donatello it. Was holding a wielding a lead pipe. Does it? I thought it looked like a bow staff. I mean, it looks. I guess it's just. I guess it's the coloration on it. I just don't. But if they're Ra from the Ra sewers, maybe Ra he would Raphael's, be willing. Raphael's it. bandana goes over his head. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's the worst. Why would you do that? God, fire everybody. I mean, Leonardo's got that sword ready to go, man. Let me see. They're there heroes in a half shell, Derek. Turtle power. See what we did there, folks? That's all. Um, I'm looking because there were versions that I didn't send you. Have you, You've seen Splint, uh, Shredder, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I just sent you Leo. But did you see the other ones? No. They have, like, individual pictures of the rest of them? Well, but they're models. But it's Michael Bay standing by the model models. I'm looking. 
Hey, at least they're not aliens anymore. I thought the ooze was alien ooze, and that was the whole point of it. I don't know. Whatever happened with that, they scrapped it. I'm trying to find... Vamp for me, Steve. I just... I, I'm And again, I'm not so married to the turtles and everything that and know, I every am. little detail is going to bother me. But I know, And that's the thing. I know you are. And so my filter for the turtles is you, you know, and I know what, I mean, I don't want to call him out on the podcast, but I know what Cohen's going to do. He's going to come back and say, well, <laughs> they're too muscly or they're too this, or they don't have this kind of, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to call, that was just one instance of somebody who I know listens to the show yeah. that, but I've seen a lot of people repost it and just shred on it, and just I, shred on it. Pun intended. Um, uh-huh. And I just, I don't, it's like, give it a chance, you know? Because and I get that it's Michael Bay, but you know. But listen, I'm tired of people like the, the worst thing Michael Bay has done, in my opinion, was not be able to vamp after the teleprompter messed up at that one event. You know, and I felt horrible for him at that yeah, point. But you also excused Transformers too. I listen. You got Optimus Prime parachuting out of a plane. You've got Optimus Prime fighting off like three Decepticons in the middle of the woods, and you've got that amazing moment where Optimus Prime comes back to life. Yeah, excuse Transformers too. But then you've got those twins. And... I don't care. You know what I don't. You know what makes me forget about those twins? Optimus Prime parachuting out of a plane. <laughs> but then you've got Shia LaBeouf and his his parents and. Uh, yeah, but you know what? After the first movie, you just have to accept that that's going to be a part of the second movie. Yeah, but then it had to be a part of the third movie. Hey, let me tell you something. Whoo, whoo, that third movie, whoo, when you think they're gone, oh, man. And then they're going into Chicago because he's going to go save the love of his life, and they're playing. And they're killing everybody. And they're playing that uh, uh, Lincoln Park song, and. And you just and it's just dire, and here come the Decepticons, and they're about to get killed by these Decepticons, and whoo! And then all of a sudden, they just get blown out of the sky, and Optimus Prime just comes walking up, and he's just, we will kill them all. I'm like, yes! And all the bad stuff is forgotten. That's how easy I am when it comes to movies like this. I know. So, I trust Michael Bay with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, you know, B.A.G. was telling us how awesome they looked. Well, and, and we've seen that picture. It was kind of a leaked picture of, of her as uh, as our friend's wife, Megan Fox, as um, contractually April, obligated. April O'Neil, our contractually obligated friend. And uh, and she's walking in front of one of them, and he's all trench-coated up, a lot of the thing, and it looks awesome. Yeah. See, I wish you watched the Nickelodeon show. It's so good. Well, is it on the Netflix no, it's not on the Netflix. It's on the Nickelodeon. Where is this picture? Steve? I don't know. I don't know. What, oh, you weren't saying What anything. picture are you trying to find? I'm trying to find the other turtle so you oh. can get a feel that's not on that well, poster. You know. But I'm just going to let it okay. go, I guess. Because yeah. we've got one more snippet that I, I feel like you may be excited about. <clears throat> Hit me. Uh, uh, Rich tagged us both in a post earlier this week on the Facebook with a picture of the new Ghostbusters Lego set. 
Yep. <laughs> Sorry, still looking for pictures. Um, um, and, I'm so excited about and it's basically, and I still don't know how to pronounce that division of Lego that does those. I didn't know there was a different name. <clears throat> you submit your ideas. Mm-hmm. And if you get 10,000 votes, it goes before the Lego board. And if the Lego board likes it, they approve it and actually make it a set. Hmm. Well, what are some... We should, we this should would be, submit this, a Geek Out Loud. This, a Geek Out Loud, like I said. Yeah, what, what would it be? Your bunker. I'm in the Ford. Your bunker. <laughs> I think it'd be you and I at Crystal. Oh, that or Zaxby's. Zaxby's. That'd be like a just classic you and I walking like around Atlanta. Big old smile. Yeah. <laughs> Holding the McDonald's bag. They have to work them hands where one can make a thumb up. Yeah. Um. um but this uh, set is basically this would, this the firehouse. I think this is the sixth set from that group. It's okay. like Kusu Kushball. Kuskus. Here's one complaint. Why do they have human lips? They don't have human lips. I don't know. But you they're teenage mutant ninja turtles. And they have to be able to form words. Why don't you have human lips? That's my question. Your mom has human lips. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with that? The Lego set, the Ghostbusters. Close quest. Costco. Costco. Quiznos. Quiznos. He's Quiznos. Anyhow, there's this division you submitted it to. You submit it to, and they approve or disapprove. Yeah. And what is the set? It's the firehouse, because I don't have it pulled up right now. I don't know that it's going to end up being the firehouse, but it is the Ecto-1, the four minifigures for... Egon, um, Peter Ray, and Winston, and Slimer. I don't know, Derek. I'm looking at this thing, and like on it's a, it's the firehouse, and they have like the one side is like the like a facade almost, and then the back side you it's open. That's what he created. Okay. I do not know if Lego is going through with the the only thing they showed when they announced that they were that they announced this week that this would be the next set that they were releasing mm-hmm. in this line mm-hmm. was the Ecto One and the minifigures. Well, I don't know if that means cool. that the firehouse is coming yeah. with it or not. These sets that they've released have not been very big. Mm-hmm. They've all been, you know, I, I'm looking here at the DeLorean box. Yeah. And I think it was like 400 and something pieces. You know, a, a, the, 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 the firehouse would be at least 1200. Yeah. At least. At least. I don't, I don't know counts. I do. Legos, they're just so expensive. One. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters this year. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, a lot of people have gotten the marketing rights for the 30th anniversary. So oh, they're wow. going to be doing a lot of things. I read an article like a few weeks ago of all the like. There's 30 different brands that have all gotten the rights to Ghostbusters 30. So you're going to see a lot of stuff coming out. Well, cool. Will uh, we ever see a Ghostbusters 3? Probably no. not. No. Mm. But uh, but uh, Dan Aykroyd was 
declared a deputy in a county here in Mississippi last oh, week. Wow. How do how do I get that honor? Um, I, I guess you just got to show up and possibly be Dan Aykroyd. Okay. I went for the. What a little heavy on the pine tree perfume there, did you kid? I went for the uh, for the nothing but trouble joke, but nobody seemed to care for it. I don't get it. You've seen nothing but trouble. No. You've never seen nothing but trouble. That's what I just said, Derek. John Goodman, Chevy mm-hmm. Chase. Sorry. Dan Aykroyd. Sorry. You mean John Candy? John Candy. I don't know. Digital Underground. No. The Humpty Dance. What? How have you never seen nothing but trouble, Steve? It was it's your your age range. Well, it's ninety one. I'm looking at it right now. You've never it's seen John that. Candy, not John Goodman. I said John Candy. You said John Goodman first. And then you said John Candy, and I said yes, John Candy. Okay. Uh what what is the uh people who like this also like Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> Captain Ron. Well, you just described my life, Internet. Uh, uh, A businessman finds that he and his friends, the prisoners of a sadistic judge and his equally odd family in the backwoods of a bizarre mansion. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe I have seen this. But, um... Did they really make him a... Are you just saying that? No, he really is a deputy in in a southern Mississippi county. But I went for the... uh, Last time, Dan Aykroyd was a... You know, mm-hmm. high-ranking government official in a backwoods southern county. It was nothing but trouble. <laughs> oh, I got you. Because he's a judge in that yeah. one. I'm going to have to watch this movie. How have you never? It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Then I'm definitely going to watch it. But it's so good. Oh, well, that's why I'm going to watch it. So anyhow. So good. I feel like Jimmy Fallon. Well, we um, move it. So you're gonna get the Ecto One Lego set. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna do it down here in the in the bunker. In the bunker, gonna put it together. I gotta get back on my Legos. I've got so many Star Wars boxes piled up here <laughs> that I have not even opened yet. Oh, oh. Speaking of Star Wars, speaking of you giving a Star Wars, having a Star Wars, um, I want to publicly say thank you for my birthday present. What what somebody got you something? You this got year? me something. You got me a Star War. You can't prove that. I can. I, there's no proof. Dadgummit, there is no proof. There's no card or anything. <laughs> now the curse you Derek Russell could have come logic. from anyone. It could have, but it didn't. It came from you. What what did he get you? It's the old vintage slave one for the vintage uh style slave one Boba Fett ship. And uh it's it hadn't been opened yet. I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna put it. Well, the way I saw it was our bet ends tomorrow, and I was probably going to lose that anyway. I know. I mean, I've lost big time. So, But you've gone ahead and gotten your Star Wars prize. How about we both lose? Yeah. Listen, there's no winners in this thing. <laughs> we all lose. We're going to get back on it. We're going we're gonna to do another diet bet. We are. We're going to get back on the fat off and, and make it happen, Captain. The snow's going to go away, and mm-hmm. it's ice, and yeah. these freezing pipes, and I'm going to get out there and start running again. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like the gym. I don't. And they all look at me weird because I always get the treadmill that ha- seems to have control over the whole gym and I pipe Big Honkin' Show throughout that whole place. I hear you. Well, they should like, love we want to watch the Today Show. Oh, whatever. The Today Show is a bunch of hacks. I said it. <laughs> we want to watch the Today Show. Shut up, Willard Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Go break your hip. 
Oh, man. Well, listen to the Big Honkin' Show and we're going to like it. You can listen to the Big Honkin' Show by heading over to BigHonkin'Show.com. So there's a podcast. Or if you want to listen in the mornings, just watch, just follow Big Honkin' Show on the Twitter, twitter.com slash Big Honkin' Show. And uh, watch one if will be you're, live. If you're subscribed to it on the Mixler, it will you push notify you when you go when Big Honkin' yeah, Show goes live. Yeah, someone told me that. Yeah, Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show is the and site where we go just, live you know, in the morning. Push the push notification, and you'll go straight to it. You don't even have to follow the Twitter, but you should. You should. That's true. And uh, and and then go. And if you can't listen, we can subscribe to the what, podcast. What I meant to say is, you don't have to believe the Twitter. Because the Twitter will say we're going live in about twenty minutes, but the Mixler's going to tell you the truth. That's right. <laughs> now, I'm generally, if I say twenty minutes, it's going to be about twenty I, minutes. I know, I'm giving you a hard time. So, if you're not listening to the Big Honkin' Show, you should be. It's a good time. It's uh, every Monday through Friday morning, and um, it makes me not want to murder people in and the mornings. I've actually been doing a fairly decent job of getting them posted in the evening. As You've been podcast, doing an excellent so. job. I commend you, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you and for the And happy birthday. Well, thank you. I, it was a good birthday. A lot of Star Wars. So, yeah. I watched, yeah, I I watched Empire, and then I watched yeah. Revenge and then of the did Sith. the dishes. Yeah, I did do the dishes. And then I watched Revenge of the Sith, and then I watched Return of the Jedi. You cooked some, some food in there. What's this? It's just ketchup. That's oh, just ketchup. So, um, well, we were we we're honored... There's- we we we'd been trying the to the ca- virgins are all streaming. <laughs> it's hard to kick against the pricks, Derek. Um, no, I'm pretty sure the virgins up there too. Yeah, <laughs> it's they're, they're trimming their wicks. It's the it's the whirlwind is in the thorn trees. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, we we're honored to have uh, as a guest on the show this week. We were able to sit down, or I was able to sit down with Derek. I'm sorry you weren't able to be there. Um, James too, Arnold for telling me. I'm sorry. James Arnold Taylor, uh, voice actor extraordinaire, super talented guy. And James sat down to talk about uh, his new book that's out. And um, and we talked a little bit about Hulk and the Agents of Smash. And the one thing that all of you are hoping we talked about, the Clone Wars, we didn't. Not at all. Not one bit. So uh, enjoy our conversation with James Arnold Taylor. <laughs> Well, as we said uh, from the outset, we are happy and blessed to have with us. Uh, wow, I mean, he's one of the busiest people I know anymore. Um, from from live shows to voice acting to published author, ladies and gentlemen, he is the great, the talented, the wonderful James Arnold Taylor. James, thanks for being on Geek Out Loud, man. Oh well, thanks for having me, Steve. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, whether it be actually on a podcast or just personally. It's always uh, a bright spot in my day. So this is great. It is. I, I'm. I'm excited. It's been a while since we've actually had a chance to talk. And man, I'm serious when I say you've been busy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everyone was. Everyone was freaking out at the end of the Clone Wars. I remember some guys on a podcast like, "Well, where will these guys go? Where will they? What will they do?" And I'm like, "They have other jobs." <laughs> it's <laughs> a very strange thing how people didn't really seem to get it that yeah, especially with voice actors, we're always working on at least two or three shows. So. This was one that we were all very much in love with and, and very happy to be on and wanted to be on for you know many more years. But it wasn't like, what do we do now? It, it's like, okay, well, you, you move forward and you just keep going. And 
you know, there's all sorts of things. You know, the Hulk Agents of Smash was just about to premiere. So that was like, okay. And people were like, oh, good for you. You got something else. It's like, I've been working on this for two years. <laughs> you guys have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, it is weird. Yeah. Well, and I was just before we were talking, I was just scrolling the IMDb because it always blows my mind how much you guys that are specifically in voice acting where where you find these where you find you guys at and yeah. <laughs> um you know and I was I was playing a video game the other day I, I don't have a lot of time to play video games anymore but yeah. I love the Lego stuff yeah, and me too. um and and I plugged in the Marvel Lego game yeah and I finally get to the stage where Spider-Man shows up and I'm like that uh -huh. sounds familiar that's <laughs> And that's so now, you. did you hear Professor X or Silver Surfer? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, but when it when it was Spidey, I was like, "That sounds like James." Yep. Yeah. I'm. I get to be all three of those characters in that game, and that was a lot of fun. And we did that actually quite a while ago yeah, too. Yeah. Well over a year ago, we voiced it all. But um, I've been Spider Man. I think on five or six different games and different mm -hmm. types and Lego ones and non Lego ones, and it's always fun to be Spider Man. I mean, how can you not love? such a character like that and then switching back and forth between peter parker and him is, is always fun too but on this it was pretty much just spidey well you swing no no pun intended you swing <laughs> in and out of a lot of different superhero franchises because that that whole uh medium is just geared to yep. to, to animation and so you've touched a lot of different superhero uh uh franchises you know yeah different uh, you got marvel and dc mm -hmm. and uh you know so yeah i've gotten to be flash which i really love green mm -hmm. arrow uh green lantern uh you know lots of different characters in the dc world as well as as the marvel world probably more in the marvel world but uh, you know it's funny i put together a picture uh, not too long ago of me with as many of my characters as i could literally find mm -hmm. pictures of and uh I can't remember how many are on there, you know, 60 or something in this shot, but it's, it's pretty great. And it was like, so I, I put the Marvel ones on one side and the DC ones on the other side, you know, and see if people would get yeah. that. And I just put it up on my Facebook and all. And so it's, it's kind of a fun shot to see. Well, even, even small things where you're just going in for like additional, you know, they're always listed as additional voices, you know, some, yeah. some background track and that sort of thing. But, uh, I had someone text me not long after, uh, DC's DC animations, version of the dark knight right uh dark knight returns right. came out and they're like i didn't know james arnold taylor was in this i'm like neither did <laughs> i you know they they were just watching the credits checking things out so uh but on top of that as i said you're a published author now yeah that's a weird thing to say um and, and it's pretty cool it's you know it's not uh it's not a novel or um anything like that it's a daily devotional kind of you know, inspirational book, uh, 365 different inspirations for people. And the book is called JAT 365, uh, 365 daily inspirations for the pursuit of your dreams, because everybody has always loved my social media, um, mm -hmm. posts. And so, you know, for years people have been saying, and I think you'd even mentioned, you know, oh, these would be great in a book or something. And I had been thinking about it when I started to first kind of challenge myself to write something daily or weekly. And I started after I got about 150 of them together, I thought, Oh, I could do this. So mm -hmm. I just challenged myself to come up with the next, you know, 200 and whatever, 15 or something after that. And and then make it a little more than just the posts and 144 characters right. on some of them I expand. But so you got an inspiration in the, the center of it on each page. And then you've got down at the bottom a question. And I ask a question that's related to the inspiration that challenges you to think about it. And there's space for you to write. 
So every day you can kind of journal your thoughts in there with it. And then up at the top of the page, there's like a little check boxes. And it's one is, is accept, whether you read it and you go, yeah, I accept that as a truth and that's cool. And then forward it, you forward that on to somebody else in your day, whether you take a picture of it with your smartphone or you just tell them about it or, you know, just kind of pay it forward in that regard. And then you practice it. You put it into practice throughout your day as well. And I, I find that that works for me. Uh, and I wanted to share that with other people. And so it's it's been going very well. People seem to really be enjoying the book. And uh, we're doing it in my house. My, my wife and my daughter and I, each day, we each have our copies and we write in it. And so it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's it's neat because, as you said, this is something that just kind of came organically out of the way that you would post to social media, whether it's your Facebook or, or the Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And you're at Jat Actor on the Twitter, right? That's right. At J-A-T Actor. Um, yep. and, and a lot of people, I would see people retweet, you know, what you had to say. And it, you could just tell, like, there were days where you would, you would put something out there and, mm-hmm. and just the way that it would affect people. And, and it, it almost would be there's so many people who would, it's just the, what they needed in that moment. Yeah, I found that to be fascinating. And that's where yeah. I thought, well, I guess there's something to it. And if you have a, a, a stance where you're out kind of out there in the public in any way, you know, you have to take responsibility for that. And I thought I should be doing something good with it. So it was fascinating to me how many people would be like, this was exactly what I needed to hear today. And it's okay. But here's the crazy part today. I was working on, I'm working on a project that um, people will find out about soon enough. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not a voiceover one per se, but it's something that will be a pretty big deal when it comes out if I do it well. And so I've been kind of working on it nonstop and overthinking it. (laughs) <laughs> and asking my wife, well, what is you, you know, and I'm not sleeping. What do you think about this? What are you going to do that? What do I mean? And uh, I woke up this morning and read the JAT 365, and it was today's was, don't overthink, just be you. And I was like, okay, it's working for me too. So it was really kind of weird. It's like it's like past you telling now you, hey, <laughs> great Scott Marty. <laughs> oh, wait a second, James, this is heavy. Exactly. <laughs> What's, what do you mean heavy? Is something wrong with the gravitational pull? <laughs> Wait, has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, you, you talk a lot in, in the social media and, you know, even in the title of the book, uh, mm-hmm. is about going after dreams. And not to get, yep. you know, let's not get heavy on the old geek out loud and let's not get real. <laughs> but, you know, I've found myself in a position in the past six or seven months to, to be, you know, some people... When there, there was some things that went down and some of the listeners know about what happened and everything. It's, you know, just lost a job and, and was set in a position to have to decide, okay, what am I going to do now? What is it that I want to do? And, and some people are like, well, you're stepping out on faith. I'm like, well, I was kind of pushed out on faith, but, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's, it's still, and I found myself in a position to really go after what it is I've wanted to do for years. Right, and, and yeah. And, uh, and, and what you discover is, um, it's it's not something when when you really decide I'm going to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. it's not something that just is handed to you because you're able to do it. Yeah, you know you you've got to you've got to put a little work behind it, and sometimes it can be tiring. And so just just the word and and that's what has always kind of appealed to me, especially over the past few months about you know just seeing seeing the things that you'll post is is you're someone who's gone after your dream and you're someone who's, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you're living the dream, James, but you know, obviously <laughs> you're happy doing the work that you do, uh, yes. you know, with the, with the stuff you've been able to do with your live show and everything. 
and and knowing you personally off the podcast and off of the interviews and stuff you do, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I know the work that got poured into the stuff that you've done, and I know the the devotion to what you've done that that's that's going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so to have those type of encouragements from someone who's like, I've walked the road, guys. I, I know, you know, not in a not in an arrogant way or not in a I'm yeah. trying to be a guru way, but just in a way that says, "Look, I I understand the frustrations and the and the obstacles and the hurdles that are here. So let me just kind of here's here's your thought for the day. Here's here's an, here's a devotional idea for the day to to help maybe get you over a hump or get you out of a rut or just right. you know just kind of give you a, just an encouragement down the road. And um and it's a big deal. It's a great it's a great oh, concept thanks. and a great idea. And uh, and people will do themselves a favor. Uh, by picking that up, it's available. Amazon? It's available on Amazon.com, mm-hmm. which if you're an Amazon Prime uh, member, you get free shipping and stuff. And they've been doing a pretty good deal on it. They've been marking it down quite a bit, which is good. And then it's available on my website, JamesArnoldTaylor.com, and you can get autographed copies from me here, or you can get two for twenty, which is a good deal as well. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's it's available in those places as well as CreateSpace.com, I think, but. Um, Amazon's pretty much, you know, and Amazon Europe and all too. So uh, it's it's been going very well. But thank Good. you for saying that. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where you just kind of get it out there, and it's a completely self-made book, and it was really a challenge to do it all. And last year at this time, I was kind of designing it and formatting all the pages and stuff. And it's funny people keep asking, well, will you do an audio version? And I'm thinking, not really, because <laughs> it's a daily book. So yeah. I'd have to like just do one thing. And then stop, and then you know, so it'd be a really kind of boring, slow-going daily book. But, unless, uh, unless you just do it as a character, each one, yes, one of your characters. I know. Yeah. I'll do each one in a different. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my next book, which I'm working on a couple different books right now. Oh yeah. Um, the next one will be, uh, you know, one that I can actually read. Okay. Which would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, the last list. Every time you and I've gotten together. Uh, because of your involvement in the Clone Wars. And, and then uh, I think the last time we were actually on a podcast together was Rebel Force Radio's look at the Kenobi novel. That's right. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, uh, and and it seems like we've just Star You know, we were together at Celebration, mm-hmm. and which is great. I love the wars. I love Star Wars. And, and it seems like we're always talking Star Wars. But yeah. uh, I, I really wanted to, and I've wanted to for months to get you on because... <laughs> because of your involvement, as I said earlier, in, in all of this superhero stuff that goes on. And that's fine and great. But a few months ago, you tweeted a picture, and you were talking about cleaning out a closet or an old junk drawer or something, and there uh-huh. was just a pile of comic books in this picture. Oh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm looking at them, I'm like, I have that one, I have that one, I had that one, I remember that one. Um, were, were you a superhero fan back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, those all those comic books in that shot are the ones that I collected as a kid, and I still actually have them, relatively pristine. You know, with wow. the cardboard and the bags, yeah, and yeah. they're all in a a sealed box. And I was showing them to my daughter, and I gave her like the uh, the old Richie Rich ones okay, and the Looney yeah. Tunes ones and stuff. And but uh, yeah, I was a big uh, I was a big collector of. Green Lantern and Green Arrow and Flash and Justice League and Spidey and Spider-Man and uh, let's see, uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men, uh, Hulk. Wow. Yeah. So you were, you were running the gamut. Who Was there a hero or a team that you gravitated toward more as a, as a kid or as a reader? 
Yeah, I was a big Spider-Man fan. I was a big Flash fan. Those mm-hmm. two were my my real go-to ones that I loved. I, and the Flash, when I was a kid, it was really involved. Barry Allen had this, you know, this mystery of who killed his wife. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. and reverse Flash and all of that. And I was really into that as a kid. And then the Green Lantern, Green Arrow combo ones. I loved those. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then Spidey. I even like this. I just like the Spidey super stories, too. Those were just fun and goofy. Yeah, yeah. And what ifs? I liked what oh, ifs a lot. My those cousin, I've got a cousin that he that's that was the staple of his collection were the what ifs he loved and he'd always i'm like who and i was always i'm like who cares about what if i this is you know this has nothing to do with the storyline i want to know what's happening over here with this person but but there would be some cool things they do with those what if stories um yeah i thought that was a neat way for them to kind of go here's what we thought about for a while and here's what could have happened and yeah i always thought that was kind of neat but uh yeah so i i've got Boy, I've got a lot of Micronauts. I've got the old Micronauts comics. Well, now, listen, let me tell you something. I don't know. There's a very select group of our listeners that will know what Micronauts are. I mean, they were were after Star Wars. Yeah, they were after Star Wars. They were late 70s, early 80s, and they were kind of Marvel's... Of course, Marvel had the license for Star Wars, and they were doing Star Wars comics. But they, but everything during that time period was trying to copy what Star Wars had been. Yeah, it was trying to create something that had that same buzz, and that, yeah, just not possible. And, and they but. were kind of, and that was Marvel's kind of attempt to create their own thing. I guess they were Marvel's own thing. I don't think they were licensed. They were a license. Well, they were a toy. Yeah, uh, they were toys. Okay. And then, and then the I think that I don't know if the comic which came first the comic or the toys I guess the comic probably came first, like you say through Marvel and then, uh, and then the toys were really cool and it was you know before Transformers mm-hmm. and all of that because they were, they were really pretty neat they were these tiny little superheroes yeah. and, uh, yeah I liked those I liked Elf Quest oh wow, uh, yeah that was a lot a lot of those uh, comics so. It's it's fun to to read them and look at them, but now you know as a collector you're like, oh, don't touch them. Don't yeah, please hey, wait a minute, guys. Uh, I need you to put these white gloves on. Yeah, and, you know, just leave it. it. Just leave it. Yeah, it, it really does. I you know I had someone uh, email me way back when uh, when I first started the podcast, and they were telling me they're like, listen, don't call yourself a collector. Just say you're a reader. You enjoyed yeah. reading. I'm like, well, I did enjoy reading, but I also collected. I mean, there's also that I had that bug that was like, I've got to get every issue. I've got to have every yeah. one, you know, but I did. I was big and consuming the in, in the material. I was more of a Marvel kid um, yeah. back in the day I, I, because I tell that James, it was the typical geek thing that I did when I started <laughs> collecting comics. I, we didn't really have in my little town anywhere that sold comic books, but where we would vacation, there was this cool bookstore that they had. You know, they had them on the racks. They had the back right. issues there and everything. And uh, and I picked up because I'd always loved Superman. You know, yep. I always watched Super Friends and and, yep. and the movies. You know, Chris Reeves, all that, or Chris Reeve rather, and all all that stuff. And uh, and I picked up an issue of Superman, and the last page was a splash page of Superman and Wonder Woman kissing. <laughs> and now I'm just a you know 11 year old kid or whatever it was, and I'm like, yeah. Well, Superman and Wonder Woman aren't in a relationship. DC doesn't know what they're doing with Superman, and I just and I'm like, I will not collect DC. And uh, wow, look <laughs> I know. That. that's interesting. Total total geek without even being. I mean, total internet culture without even being a part of the internet. <laughs> 
that is funny. But wow. uh, so then it was to Marvel, and then so what was your what was your go to uh, one on Marvel? I, well, I'm an Incredible Hulk fan. He's uh-huh. he is he is my favorite Marvel superhero, and has been since I. And again, that's one of those things that come out of early childhood with the. Uh, you know, the Bill Bixby series, Lou Ferrigno yep. is the Hulk and everything. You used I to love, love that it. show. And uh, it's so fun even now to go back and watch um, because it is it is a product. It's a product of its time. Yes. But there is some great overacting that is done. Um, you know, it's so funny you say that because I watched actually I started back at the first episode, the pilot oh, one, not that long ago because <laughs> they're on. I think they're on Netflix or something. I'm like, oh, I where gotta he watch throws them. the bear. And it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. But it's it also in some weird way I think you'll know what I mean it holds up oh yeah like it does you go this is still good though it's yes <laughs> it's cheesy yes. but it's but I have to watch more of it I, I it's not like you watch it and you go oh HR puff and stuff what was I thinking right you know? right uh, or well Lidsville it's, or it's because yeah. it's because of how earnest everything was done yeah you know David Banner would be working with a rock band that he had no business working with, but he was so concerned about the lead singer's you know well being and staying out of the drug scene and being helped and and you just believe that this was just a genuinely good guy with a genuinely <laughs> yeah. bad thing that had happened to him. I give Bill Bixby credit for that though because i I yes. love Bill Bixby yeah up. he was like the dad you wanted to have. he was just so great and uh, and then him and like you know um what was the other, you know, let me tell you about my best friend. The, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father. Courtship of Eddie's Father, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fun stuff. But, yeah, that's really fun. And, and Hulk is great. And it's fun working on the um, Hulk agents of Smash now, too. Well, and that's that's the thing is, is when I saw that because, again, I'm a huge, huge Hulk fan and have been for years and years. Um, mm-hmm. I did come back to D.C., in the late yeah. '90s, when when I saw a cover, when I saw an issue of the Justice League on the stands, and it was Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and they were done in their '90s version, of course. You know, Superman had and no one was long kissing, hair. right? No one was kissing, but I was like, this looks like Super <laughs> Friends for the '90s, and so I grabbed it and absolutely just got engulfed in, uh, you know, in, in oh, the DC cool. comic. Yeah. But um, but yeah, when I saw that Hulk and the Agents of Smash was coming on, I was, you know, I'll be honest with you, I was a little wary because I saw the characters yeah. they were going to have, and I'm like, eh, I don't know about all this. And then I, yeah. realizing that that Jeff Loeb is is heading things up there, the TV, di- you know, division of Marvel, and Paul Dini was attached to yeah. it, Henry Gilroy, Stephen Melching, names that I'm familiar with, and then yeah. I had no idea. And out of the blue, I saw on Twitter after I'd seen watched the pilot episode or whatever, you know that the leader was James Arnold Taylor. And I'm like, well, well, gee whiz, it's all the best worlds colliding right now. You know? Yeah. That was such a great voice. And I literally, I think I did that two and a half years ago, yeah. at least when we first did it. And, um, it's just fun because it's, it's so different from everything else. It's mm-hmm. not Obi-Wan Kenobi or Johnny test or even Fred Flintstone. It's, the leader, and he's just so repulsed with you, Hulks. <laughs> and when we do the sessions, it's uh, it's always so much fun because you got Fred Tattashore playing yes, the Hulk, who's yeah. just great, and Clancy Brown, and you got Seth Green, and you got Eliza Dushku, mm-hmm. and and uh, just uh, Ben Diskin, just this incredible core cast, and then all of us that come in and get to play, and it's one of the most fun. Uh, it's just a fun fun funny show to be involved in and to be in the room doing it and every time i do the leader everybody's always they start doing impressions of me <laughs> doing him 
and you know he's kind of like you know um the professor on uh, lost in space you yeah. know it's like how he turns into oh, yes. bucket he, of bolts you know he is he is. get you hoax <laughs> That's so true. So, so much like, and it, it just kind of turned into that, you know. And so yeah. then it's like Clancy Brown basically making fun of me and doing impressions of me. So then I come in and because he's very, um, he's a song. Every line, I just I, I may start here and then I'll go over here and mm. then back up over here. And he's just where is he gonna go? What is he gonna? So I just have so much fun with that character. It's well, it's really great. It's it was so cool to see you. You know, like I say, it's it's the best of all these worlds colliding. And when people are used to, you know, James Arnold Taylor's Johnny Test, James Arnold yeah. Taylor's Obi Wan Kenobi, James Arnold Taylor's Fred Flintstone, uh, James Arnold Taylor's, but to see the bad guy. You know, and not just the bad guy. I mean, the the leader is the Hulk's arch nemesis, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, and, pretty good, huh? Yes, and it's just so it's so cool. And in the in the way they've got him, you know, currently in the in the storyline, he's they actually have him imprisoned in their little Hulk base or whatever. And <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys, that's not going to go well. Eventually, this guy's going to think his way out of there. He's the leader, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is the size of Cleveland. <laughs> But smarter than all of it combined. Nothing against the folks of Cleveland. No, not at all. Um, yeah, that's what he thinks. So that's that's the leader. He, yeah. There's been some really great moments did in you, there. And yeah. did you go back and like listen to like Matt Frewer and what he did in the old '90s series at all? And because that was I, kind of only a afterwards. Yeah, only afterwards because I didn't want to be uh, affected by anything. You mm -hmm. know, I kind of had this own thought in my head of what I wanted to do, and then yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, and I, I can't hear him in my head right now, but because I remember going back and listening. But he was doing, uh, I don't. It's not necessarily the same, but it's it's. No, it, it was it was a little more comedic take on things. It was it was yeah. a much lighter touch to to what was going on, but it still had that that slimy quality about it. You know, where it's just <laughs> like I'm better than everybody, and I know it. And, and yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's turned out. I'm going to tell you that that series has turned out to really pleasantly surprise me and oh, just how good they've done. And, and the things that they bring in from the Marvel Universe, you know, it's like you yeah. never know who's going to show up. I think the most, one of the more recent episodes, they had Galactus show up for crying out loud. And, um, yep, yep. And it's, it's just, cool. it's such a neat, neat, neat thing to do. Uh, James, I know your time is, is short and limited today, and I, I just appreciate you coming on and, and chatting oh, sure. a little bit and geeking out a little bit about superheroes. I, it's it's so cool to know you and then and then to hear your voice pop up and all of these things, like I say, just kind of randomly or, then so, or someone will text and say, did you know he did this? Did you know this is going on? So, um, <laughs> But, uh, I, you know, we, we wish you all the best. And again, the book well, is thanks. JAT365. Yep, and it's available at uh, Amazon.com and on your website. And there's a special deal on your website too for twenty, and uh, yep. you can get signed copies over there. JamesArnoldTaylor.com. James, thanks so much for for spending some time with us today. Well, Steve, thank you so much for having me on the show. It is always a pleasure because I feel like my whole life is just kind of geeking out loud. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Wow, what an episode. What what an incredible situation we had there with old James. I enjoyed being there for every moment of it. <laughs> what just like the Brian Austin Green interview, you were so quiet the whole time. <laughs> he she don't talk like that. <laughs> she just don't. 
Oh man. Listen, Brian Austin Green is a charismatic and and fun loving guy and he talks and I listen. Man, he's I love I love his opinionatedness. And we're going out there this summer to record in his studio. I want to get out there to record in the studio for real. And what we need to do is try to get in touch with some guests to have come to his studio and sit down and record with us. Obviously he'd be on, but you know, I think we should just cut an album while we're there. Let's do it, man. I'll, let's write some more parodies. We'll do. Let's do a professionally cut version of Chocolate Pan. I think it's time. Oh, good times. Time has come today. You don't think it's too late? See what I did there? Uh, yeah. It took me a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, is One Republic still a thing? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Didn't they okay. do that song? Yeah, but the, too late. No, the they did, they've done another song recently. Yeah. Um, Good for them. Derek, there's one thing I didn't tell you about that James and I actually did, and you're going to really hate me mm-hmm. for it. We actually did a Bad Impression Theater. And now, Bad Impressions Theater presents the Imperial Conference scene from Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope. Featuring the voices of Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, Fred Flintstone, and Bob Dylan. Great Scott, until this battle station is fully operational, we are vulnerable, Marty. The Rebel Alliance is too well equipped. They're more dangerous than you realize. Dangerous to your Starfleet, Commander. Not to this battle station, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. The Rebellion will continue to gain support in the Imperial Senate as long as... Hey, the Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I've just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the Council permanently. The last remnants of the Old Republic have been swept away. Oh. Great Scott, that's impossible! How will the Emperor maintain control without the bureaucracy? The regional governors now have direct control over their territories. Fear will keep the local systems tangled up in blue. Fear of this battle station! And, uh, one of the rebellion. If the rebels have obtained a complete technical readout of this station, it is impossible, however unlikely, that they might find a weakness and and exploit it. Yeah, but ever do. The plans you refer to will soon be back in our hot little hands, Pebbly-Poo. Any attack made by the rebels against this station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. Technical, not technical. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe, Mr. Wayne. I suggest we use it, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. (laughs) Don't be too proud of this technological terror you constructed, Bonnie. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of my fruit-delicious pebbles and the Force. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's rays, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion hasn't helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes, or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels hidden for talk, Vader. Yeah, I find your lack of faith disturbing. 
Hey, enough of this. Vader, release him. Yabba dabba do. Alrighty, as you wish. This bickering is pointless. It's an idiot win. Lord Vader will provide us with the location of the Rebel Fortress. By the time this station is operational, we will then crush the rebellion with one swift stroke. Oh, great Scott. <laughs> yabba dabba do. So there that is. Yeah, that's excellent. That's <laughs> Cherish that forever. Well, I uh, next time you and I are going to do a bad impersonations three theater, and uh, we're going to bring in the announcer, the narrator from Super Friends. Meanwhile, exactly. That's the only thing I can do. <laughs> you got to walk in, at the Hall of Justice. You got to walk, and you do. Not well. You it's know, about like well, you're Bob Dylan. That's why we call it Bad Impressions Theater. We both can do Sean Connery. <laughs> but then you've got Chase Arnold Taylor doing <laughs> the most awesome Fred Flintstone. Ever. Well, he was the official voice of Fred for a while. <laughs> I get that. You can't call it Bad Impression Theater when half of it's awesome and the other half is just terrible. Just me, yeah. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> Well, you know, it is what it is. You, you find a, the scene of dialogue, and we'll pick some characters, and we'll do it. You better believe we're doing it. It's a staple now. Unless people email us and tell us not to, then it's definitely a staple. And they're like, hey, What if you, it's a paperclip? Hey, well, it's probably more of a paperclip than a staple, to be honest. It's not as... Staples are a little more secure. More of an alligator, alligator clip. Yeah, well... um. Just to pull the curtain a little bit back a little bit, Derek, uh, it's late where I am. I'm ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been going for over an hour, plus the half hour of James's interview. And so, I mean, we're, we've got close to two hours of audio gold here. Good night, everybody. For everybody. So, um, once again, we're, we're, we're uh, what do they call it when you're on a talk show and you get, you, you were supposed to appear and you don't? Like if you're on Conan or The Tonight Show. Bumped? Yeah, we're Bond is getting bumped once again. <laughs> I feel like it's Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. Exactly. <laughs> we were going to talk Bond yet again, but it just didn't happen. So I will say this. We had to have bad impersonations. We, we had to have bad impersonations theater. I, I will say this before we go. Derek, I, I have learned to love James Bond. And I want to know, should I read the books? You're not a big reader. Yeah, but I've gotten to where I listen to him a lot. So you mean should you listen to the book? Should I? Well, no, because people say when they listen to books on when they listen to audiobooks, they still call it reading them. Well, that's wrong. Well, should I read the books? Yes. Okay. Is it going to enhance or detract from my enjoyment? Uh, enhance. Okay. Awesome. There's no way it's going to take away from it at all. Awesome. I'm glad I've given you something you like dude i like there's not one of those movies i don't like that's the only thing i feel like i've ever done right in my life is get steve Lawson to like james, james bond well i mean i never disliked it i just wasn't no, don't you take it. this away from me i'm not, okay you're right dear i thank you I so much this is all i have <laughs> thank you so much there's not real okay thank you so I don't, much thank you so much. i don't want to get into a big discussion about it but is there a james bond movie like in the proper in the eon films that you don't like moonraker Okay. Die another day. Eh. Okay. Um, 
there are movies that I like less than some of the other James Bond movies in in the whole franchise. But by and large, there's not one that I there's not something. Die Another Day is probably my least least favorite. Do you have one that just resonated with you like heavily? Um, gee whiz, dude. I don't remember that one. No, yeah, it's a great one. It, you should check it out totally. The um, must have been, must have been one of those Dalton ones. Must have been the Dalton ones are the Dalton ones are great. They're amazing, like the the uh, License to Kill. Yeah, is especially just like harrowing, except for the you know the Wayne Newton stuff. But other than that, bless your heart. Um, but uh, the the whole idea he's always in danger. Like that's the thing about those movies is like there's just this constant presence of danger, yeah. and an octopusy stresses me out at the end when he's getting the bomb diffused as a clown. Man with a Golden Gun always stressed me out as a kid. I like Man with a Golden Gun. It did I do too, but it stressed me out. And I don't really like Roger Moore that much, but it stressed me out as a kid. Um, but no, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I know that's your fa- one of your favorites. If not it is my favorite. favorite. Um, dude, I that one. I don't know that I don't know that resonates is the right word, but it definitely sticks to me. And, Wait till you read that book. And it's just the ending is just out of nowhere, you know, because it's kind of like for a minute, it's kind of funny because there's Blofeld with his little, you know, neck brace on and halo and, and the little woman just driving down the road, she, you know, and she's shooting the machine gun and, and you just think it's typical Bond stuff. And then, you know, spoiler alert, it's tragedy. And, um, and I like the fact that they, they, continuously throw back to that through the rest of not continuously but there are times where they throw back to that in in the rest of the films yeah and um especially with uh with license to kill you know after after felix's wedding you know when when his wife looks at james need to find you someone you know you it's your turn to settle down and get married and he's like no that's not for me and you know felix he was married one time a long time ago yeah and um and, and then just, a shark eats him yeah oh <laughs> brutal man brutal but i just the the whole franchise ended up resonating with me in a huge way even in the older ones are the ones i thought i would struggle with yeah you know dr no from russia would love but i just found myself just like even when i go back and revisit them because i've been watching through again and um i, I just i dig every single one of them to an extent you know and so, and you know, and it's and, and what's really been interesting is on on the set they have like the special features. Up until you hit the Pierce Brosnan ones, there's like a small a featurette, you know, behind the behind the man with the golden gun, you know, the story of Doctor No, the story, and yeah. it, and it's kind of a continuous thing. I wish they would have continued those for the Brosnan ones and even Casino Royale, but I know they were you know produced a little bit earlier on. the The fact that it was one man's passion, Cubby Broccoli. You know, who he just, he devoted, you know, from, from the time that he got the series right on till his death, you know, he was devoted to continuously putting out James Bond films. And he had these people that worked around him who just loved him, you yeah. know, that you, you don't hear people say a bad word about the guy. And, um, 
I don't know. I just the the story of the making of and all the other stuff that's gone along with it is just it's captured my imagination, and I just want to have a really longer in depth discussion about it. So, and I'm excited. I have not gotten to watch yet, um, but the BBC series, the the man who created Bond, yeah, the man who would be the Bond, man who would be Bond about Ian Fleming. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, what is the first novel? Is the first novel Doctor No? Yes. Is that the first in order there? So. Yes. Or is it Casino Royale? No, because I'm sorry, Casino Royale is the first novel. Okay. I I was thinking movie. Yeah. No, I know the movie is Doctor. Yeah. Royale. Casino Royale is the first novel. So, but we'll definitely we 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 that's still coming down the road. We've got to have that discussion just because. I like want to go through each one and just pick your brain about it. You know what I'm saying? Like just Let's talk about. It. Let's just talk about it. So did you did you end up watching Never Say Never again? No, I've not had. I hadn't had a chance to get my hands on it. Yeah. So I'm interested to see it. You, you need to definitely. Do they open it the same way as like the other bonds? Like with the no, there's okay. not a gun gun okay. barrel and all that. All right. There is an overly stylized song i told you in a text the other day the real story is who are all these women they got to dance around naked for yeah. the camera <laughs> there's your documentary no but in the music i want to talk about the, the the different songs do you have a favorite like opening i do song? and I, I i have a hard time with this and it's like do i dislike moonraker because i hate moonraker right you know live and let dies yes okay pretty awesome mm-hmm. but <clears throat> um we have all the time in the world from mm. on her majesty's secret services we have all yeah it's one of my favorites the time yeah in the wild it's because it's so different yeah it, it is that whole movie is has got a different feel to it and not just because of lazenby yeah but you know just the movie itself it but i like i like casino royale i like um you know my name yes chris cornell mm-hmm. uh another way to die jack white mm-hmm Skyfall was good. Not Madonna. No, no. That was a terrible no. one. Um, I found myself the the one that uh, Garbage did. Shirley Manson did. World is not enough. World is not enough. Um, yeah. That was world. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Or um, no, she didn't do Tomorrow Never Dies. That was Cheryl Crow. No, Until World's Not Enough. Day. Cheryl Crow did Tomorrow Never yeah. Dies. Goldfinger. Uh, Golden Eye is good. Yeah. Tim Turner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Uh, the um the view to a kill mm-hmm. uh i like that song and i like i really like the way they they use it the theme throughout you know in in a real light it works as like a lighter love theme and everything the way they orchestrate the music yeah i always I always like that um i do like the i like the spy who loved me nobody does it better i just when she hits that the way that you hold me whenever you hold me i don't know i just i dig that 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 one too so i that's the thing is i want to i want to go through them one by one it's a date and i mean we'll we're gonna it. have to on that episode though we're just gonna have to do away with snippets and emails we're you, just gonna you take to me to dinner jump we'll right talk. into it. don't you don't you threaten me with a good time <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Geek Out Loud. Thanks, everyone, for joining us and emailing in. You can email and get in on the discussion, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Head over to uh, the iTunes and uh, rate us and review us on iTunes there and, and help us get uh, get pretty 
you know, move on up in the in the world. If you if you click on the TV and film and what's hot, and you scroll down almost to the end of the top 200, you'll see us there. We're there, and it's great to be there, but we'd like to get a little further. So if you can write us a good review, leave us a rating. We'd appreciate it. We're proud members of the Shot Glass Digital Radio family. Uh, where you'll find, head over to shotglassdigital.com and you'll find great podcasts such as uh, Fictional Frontiers, Know What I'm Saying, uh, The Bondcast, and uh, Rebel Force Radio, and a whole slew of others over there. Go check, go check it out. We're proud to be a part of that little family. Uh, Facebook.com slash uh, Geek Out Loud. almost said Big Honkin' Show because I do it every day. And uh, Twitter.com slash Geek Out Loud. We'd love to have conversations with you in those places as well. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Until next time, I am Steve. I'm Steve. I'm Derek. I'm Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. (laughs) And I'm Dragonhawk. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Here we go. Okay. Well, whoa. <laughs> it's a bad take. It's a bad take. I'm done. <laughs>